With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Today's show is made possible by Florence Marine X. John John is, of course, at G-Land right now. They're in the middle of that waiting period. They run one day of competition, um, waiting for a little bit of more swell to arrive. I think there's about five days left in the window. So we should get something, but uh, John John is undoubtedly wearing his hooded rash guard in the free surfs there. This is a product that I'm sure we all agree. We didn't even know that we needed. And then once you've tried one, you wonder where it's been your entire life. Obviously a key detail for this product is sun protection. So the rash guard is long sleeves, obviously it protects your arms. The three panel hood gives you the added sun protection for your head, neck, and face. It is a UPF 50 plus rating, four-way stretch, light compression fit, flat lock stitching, so it's low profile and prevents chafing. There's actually a board short tie loop that sits just inside the waist hem, so you can actually tighten it in turbulent waters. It's an incredible product, best in class, of course, pairs perfectly with the Florence Marine X board shorts. And as a listener, you can benefit from 20% off your first purchase on FlorenceMarineX.com with our promo code. And that is the word SURF. Super simple to remember. And uh, I think these guys are doing great work, making great products. And they're podcast listeners as well, as I stated a few weeks back. So I think it's great to be able to kind of support our listeners and share 
the incredible work that they're doing with you, fellow listeners. So FlorenceMarineX.com, our promo code is the word SURF, and you save 20%, which, by the way, expires at the end of June, so just this month. Save 20% off your first purchase. FlorenceMarineX.com, promo code SURF. Enjoy. And Slow Tide is also with us again, and uh, they've been a longtime partner. We're thrilled to have them. They make some incredible beach towels, beach blankets. That's kind of what I have used them for traditionally. They've also introduced some home products as well, so blankets for the house, uh, bath robes, and bath towels as well. Slowtide.co is their website. They just sent me a little care package a brand new oversized beach towel. I wish that I needed more of these in my life because they have so many epic designs uh, that I want more. I just only generally need one beach towel at a time. Uh, They also sent me a Turkish towel, which is insane. I never would have purchased this on my own, but it has a different feel entirely. It's still 100% cotton, 100% Turkish cotton, uh, but it's very lightweight. It somehow dries three times faster than a standard cotton towel. It's unbelievably soft. It's also oversized, almost double the width of a standard towel. It's also sand resistant, which is incredible. It just doesn't really pick up sand. And then because it's lightweight, it just is compact and it packs up super tight. So this would be an ideal travel towel. Throw it in a board bag or a backpack. Uh, and it's made from 100% sustainably sourced cotton so that's a really cool feature as well that is the turkish towel and uh, you can get all of this on slowtide.co of course they are well known for their changing ponchos so grab one of those as well you get free shipping on orders that are 75 dollars or more and then you get 20 percent off when you use our promo code which is surf splendor podcast all one word all lowercase It's a lot of letters, but Surf Splendor Podcast is the promo code for 20% off on slowtide.co. Enjoy. Pro surfer turned media man Dylan Graves is our guest today. And we don't normally interview a ton of pro surfers, but this past year, Dylan has used his popular vlog, Weird Waves, to pivot into Breaking Waves. And he's used that platform to dissect social issues that surf media historically has willfully ignored. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Waves, a series focusing on some of the more neglected topics in surfing. My name is Dylan Graves. Meeting new people and discovering unique surf communities around the world has been the highlight of my career. It's no secret our sport has its fair share of social dilemmas that seem to be extremely polarizing. And we wanted to get closer to some of them, at least from a surfer's perspective, to see if that made things any clearer. Through doing this series, Dylan has done something that so many of his pro surfing cohorts have struggled to do. He's successfully transitioned his pro surf career into a new chapter, and in it, he's found more meaning and purpose than he ever found in his free surf glory days. So today, we will discuss that journey, the motivations, and his imperative to expand surfing's inclusivity. My name is David Scales for Surf Splendor, and I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Dylan Graves. 
hella plus I just wanna wake up on get that Only yet uh, in the rolls that's rented Window spinning We got a big spinning Big spinning I'ma get back on my feet Give me a minute I'ma feel this in my thighs Like even in it Young summer, young summer How's how's Australia? Uh it's yeah, it's it's been awesome. Um yeah, the waves have been uh really good. Um I kind of tweaked my ankle the other day, so I've just been kind of chilling, but they were really good before I hurt my ankle. And yeah, I've just been kind of just relaxing. Where exactly have you been? Uh, just on the Goldie pretty much. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and, what's, what's um, the purpose of the trip and who are you with? Um, just, I'm with my family. No way. Uh, yeah. We're just, uh, kind of been, um, well, trying to figure out a way to um, move here, really. My wife's Australian, um, so she she doesn't have a problem moving here, but we're trying to work out, like, getting my partner visa. Um, so, yeah, we've just been kind of hanging out with fam and, um, yeah, just trying to figure out how to become a dual citizen. <laughs> Is she from the Gold Coast? She grew up in Cabarita, um, which is like 30 minutes south of the Goldie. She Can she work? Does she have a job there or does she have that lined up? Um, yeah, she had a job offer um, at the start of the year. And we were kind of like, well, what do we do? Like, do we come over here and try it? Like, what, you know, like, what do we do? And um, yeah, we just, we had kind of been kicking around the idea of, um, you know, moving over here for a few years now, we we're actually thinking like right around COVID, we're like, should we just go over there and do a little stint and try it out? And then COVID hit and we were kind of just, you know, like everyone else just stuck at home. Um, and so once things kind of started, uh, you know, like all the bands and travel bands here started lifting, um, her mother was actually over uh, visiting and meeting our son for the first time, like after all that, because they hadn't even met. And, um, yeah, she was just kind of like seeing if there, there was job offers over here and jobs in the States. And she ended up kind of, um, finding one that she was really amped on. She's, uh, now the production manager at uh, this company, Zulu and Zephyr. Amazing. Yeah. How, old, how old's your son? Uh, he's 21 months. Okay. So does he have an appreciation yet for being in a different location? Um, I think he has an appreciation for having just being around family. Like, I don't yeah. think he realizes, I don't know if he is old enough to grasp the concept of where we are and what we're doing, but he's got a lot of family like uh, around and who have been like, you know, hanging out with them and just a lot more faces around, just especially like me and my wife. Like I, I grew up in Puerto Rico um, and my wife's Australian and we were living in California for the last five years. And, um, yeah, uh, he, we didn't have any like family support cause both our families were in like other locations. So, um, yeah, we're like, we're obviously very stoked to have some family support with him. And, and also, um, from his point of view, just having more people around and, and, uh, I guess influences has been really cool. He's really lit up since we've been here. It's been rad. So was he born during COVID? Yeah. Crazy. 
Yeah, <laughs> he was uh, born in um, August uh, 2020. Okay, right, right in the thick of it then. Yeah, right in the thick of it. Yeah, they almost didn't want to let me in to like to be with her like in the um, delivery room. Right. It was like crazy. Like we were, yeah, it was, it was really, it was awkward. Um, like everything else during that time. But, um, then afterwards, like, you know, once, uh, he came out and we we're at home, there's nothing really going on. So it was kind of rad, um, right. in that sense. Cause we were just like, you know, trying to find our feet as parents and all that. And <laughs> totally. And so this is yeah. the first big trip. Yeah. So we went to Puerto Rico actually, um, when he was six months old, uh, to meet my family. Okay. And then, uh, we went down there again a few months later, um, cause he kind of nailed that trip. And then, um, yeah, so that was a pretty big trip with him. Um, yeah, like, you know, 14 hour journey or whatever that is. And now it's, uh, and then we went the other way and came to Australia and, um, yeah flew what is it you get no you lose a day coming this way and then you gain a day going back so he lost a day yeah we have we just had our first child as well and he's six months old right now oh no way and yeah and so we're starting like we both are accustomed to traveling regularly and we haven't been able we haven't been able to obviously for the last two years now he's here. And so we're going to wait, you know, another six months or something, but we're starting to map out what that looks like and yeah. hoping for the best with him on a plane and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You just got to charge it. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, whatever, I know you can't let but... him hold you back, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it, it, they're, they kind of just find their feet and, um, yeah, we had one shocker, um, and two really good experiences. So, okay, good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I wanted to start our conversation, um, with asking you, how is it that you've become one of the pioneering voices in surf media addressing social issues and social change in surfing, um, through the breaking wave series, essentially, I think of you as a pro surfer. And now this is like a whole new hat that you're wearing. So how did this happen? Um, well, yeah, it was kind of, you know, just number one, like, I mean, I'm a human being. Um, and you know, Pat, like, I guess that's kind of where it all starts. And, you know, during the height of, of, uh, you know, the, or just, I guess, in the wake of, of like George Floyd and, and that whole kind of movement, it was kind of like, I don't know. I just felt like with, as far as like, from a surf standpoint, like it, it surfing just never seemed to like want to get involved or like explore like any topics outside of just being in the water. And so that was kind of, you know, really like where it all started it was just like you know seeing all that stuff go down being a surfer um and having Salema um be sort of at the forefront of of bringing that you know into the surf world and being like hey like you know this this affects us too like obviously 
Um, so we just kind of, I'd been friends with him for a while and we were just kept kind of having a few conversations. Like we just met up for a few surfs and just kind of like talking about stuff and, you know, hearing his point of view on everything was like, gosh, this is like, I mean, this is a simple thing to just talk about it, you know, and it doesn't have to be this crazy taboo thing. Cause you know, like he said in, um, you know, the, the race and inclusivity, uh, episode was, um, he said, uh, like the idea that we, we, that for some people that we are even having the conversation is like, not here, you're fucking up the vibe. Well, the vibe's already fucked up. We're, having the conversation is actually like to make the vibe not fucked up, fucked up, right. you know? Anytime he would like post about it on his social media or anything like that, he's, you know, he felt like he would just kind of get shut down. People were like, hey, don't bring that shit into the water. But like, you know, as we're seeing, like over the last few years, like it does come into the water and people bring like their own kind of vibe into the water. So it's just kind of trying to talk about that stuff for, you know, like just like in our sport, you know, of course it's happening. Like, no, we're not immune to any of that stuff. And um, yeah, why shouldn't we be talking about that stuff? Like, you know, the ocean, the beach is a place of healing. It's somewhere that you know, has uh, really helped me throughout my life. And so that's really kind of where it's, it began was, you know, just that thought of, of not having the ocean be that safe place for me to kind of go and get away and, and like, sort of recharge to go back into society, because society is exhausting. <laughs> right, you know, and, and surfing allows that us that escape. And, you know, if you're, if someone's kind of looking at you for, I don't know how your hair is or color of your skin or whatever in the water. And it's like, they're not getting that chance. And that's yeah. just BS. Like, <laughs> so that's kind of, that's really where it came from. Like it's, it's a, just, it's a nice, so is it a spinoff from weird waves? Is it going to be its own series or are those just two isolated episodes? Um, those were kind of just two isolated episodes, but um yeah, we've kind of been thinking about, you know, just ways to keep shooting that series because it was just such a, um, I don't know, it was such a, a crazy learning experience for, for us making it. Um, and that's kind of, I think, my favorite thing, you know, as I'm kind of getting more involved in productions um, and sort of, yeah, getting my hands dirty with all that is, um, I just, I want to learn things and I want to become a better person from working on these, these edits. Like, you know, just, I feel like the, your con, your just stock standard, like surf porn, like, yeah, cool. I rip. It's like, it's not that fulfilling, you know, like you're like, cool. Yeah. Really? All right. That, that felt great. And obviously like I love surfing and I love pushing myself and that's one side of it. But, you know, I feel like being a human being and trying to function, you know, as, you know, now I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, you know, I want to try to push myself in other ways and, you know, try to become like a more well-rounded human being. Um, and obviously now, you know, role model for my son. <laughs> so that's yeah. just a heavy weight, you know, and and uh, yeah, I want, I, I guess I just want to try to push myself. Well, yeah, it's definitely 
has a very different weight. The breaking waves videos have very different weight and gravity than the weird waves videos. I feel like the weird waves videos exist in the realm of surf vlogs. And there's a bunch of other um, content that exists in that genre. The breaking wave series exists on its own because there's nobody else addressing those topics. There's nobody else having those conversations. Um, we're having some of those conversations in the podcast realm, but in the mm-hmm. video surf video realm, you're the first one. And that's why I started out by saying like, you're the pioneering mm-hmm. voice in that space, whether you intended to or not, you know, I don't know if I'm the a pioneering voice. There's a lot of conversations already being had in the video realm and people trying to kind of shed light on this. Um, but I do, I guess, I guess what we, you know, ended up finding out what worked and this, you know, we kind of learned this from weird waves was, you know, I guess using myself as a vehicle to, for people to kind of latch onto as, you know, their representative in the, like in the episodes that we do. So it's like, I'm trying to ask the questions that I feel like I would be asking if I was watching the piece, like if I was the viewer. So I'm trying to like operate as the viewer. And so that was really powerful with breaking waves because yeah, I feel like we had, it offered a little bit of, you know, it was both sides of that, of, of these issues, you know, like asking, like coming from someone, you know, like Salema was obviously representing a, a black man in surfing. And I was just representing, you know, your average, I don't know, white dude, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let me ask you this in that episode, you said, um, not only did you realize how much racism still existed, quote, existed in our sport, but you also felt that you were contributing to the mm-hmm. ignorance surrounding the topic. Can you explain uh, what you meant by that? Yeah. So as I was having these conversations um, with Salema um, and also um, with, you know, all the different people we kind of linked up with um, throughout, you know, shooting those, those two episodes, which there was a lot, you know, we went to two uh, queer surf meetups with Kyla. um, And I was just realizing that, well, one, I almost felt hesitant to say stuff or like, you know, to say the wrong thing. I didn't want to offend anybody. Um, And I did kind of say the wrong things, you know, at at certain times. And so that was sort of like my main takeaway from that is, is, was that that's okay. Like people, you're going to do that. Like we are ignorant. We don't know what it's like, you know, to be, to be gay, to be black. Um, And so I think asking those, those questions are, you know, it's a way forward, you know, making those mistakes, like any failure, there's a lot to learn from and take away to better yourself. So that was sort of what I meant by that was, you know, um, I guess I, I didn't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting. I think you mentioned it. um, Yeah. In the queer surf episode, you were talking to Leanne Curran and you started off the conversation by just saying, you're uncomfortable asking her about her sexuality and, and, uh, 
it's kind of odd because if you're hetero, you never have to address the fact that you're hetero. You never have totally. to discuss it. But right. I also feel like bringing up the conversation about sexuality, like you did with Leanne, automatically segregates her and non-hetero right. people. Just by making a conversation about it, it's now, we're yeah. now creating a separation. But at the same time, you want to bring the you want to at least bring the uh, topic up onto the table to normalize the conversation and start to address and erode the stereotypes or whatever. So it is a very kind of precarious or interesting time, that transitional period of when you're normalizing things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there uh, have you ever been asked about your heter heterosexuality? No. <laughs> No. And because I haven't, like, I, and I wouldn't be offended if somebody did, Yeah, but, but I do understand the absurdity of even like, I mean, I'm ready to get to the point because personally, I don't care what Leanne is or what she's interested in or anybody else for that matter. But right. a lot of other hetero people do, you know, and will discriminate because of it. So there is kind of an incumbence upon hetero or people that are in media, the media space period to have the conversations and to allow the platform for anybody who's exist, uh, suffering a plight to discuss the plight and normalize the discussion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's just kind of trying to shift, you know, the, the perspective a little bit, you know, into, into that um, realm of it being normal, I guess, you know, um, totally. as silly as that sounds, but that's, that's really it. It's, and, you know, that was sort of the goal with these episodes um, was to, yeah, I mean, even just showing people, you know, like talking about it, I feel like, you know, when you see someone else having that conversation, you, it's, it kind of already like just by even if we I didn't ask her about her sexuality um I feel like it you know just us kind of talking around the, like the like any sort of topics um even just in surfing I think it, it's just powerful because that is that's that is normal and that you know like that's what is so brain frying like when you you know I feel like with social media and everything it it once someone's sexuality or something comes into it, it creates this divide. And then there is just like finger pointing and commenting, you know, like, and faceless commenting back and forth, you know, or like even on my own Instagram and stuff, there was just a lot of, uh, for the most part is really positive, but there were those, you know, just kind of ignorant comments of like, you know, keep this shit out of surfing, all that stuff, you know, Salema was talking about, it's like, it's there. And like, yeah, I'm, you know, uh, I grew up in, in Puerto Rico um, and yeah, hetero and people were coming at me for stuff. They're like, I can't believe you do this, you know, like, or try to bring this into surfing. It's like, it's in, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you choose to like uh, accept that or not, like the, they're, these conversations are being had, um, you know, so um, it's definitely an interesting journey <laughs> to say. And, I know I'm, I was going to ask you if you got any blowback because 
the kind of presumption going into those two episodes, or maybe it was just explicitly stated, is established surfing is uh, racist. And so if that is true, it would stand a reason that you would get blowback for those episodes, you know, and that the industry would say, we're not interested uh, in you doing this. We're not going to support you doing this. How overt was the blowback or was it just in comment sections? I mean, it's kind of, it feels too close to really even tell um, still, but I mean, for the most part, it was just comment sections. Um, Yeah. Like I guess just on my, my Instagram on, in the YouTube comments, which, you know, at the same time is kind of like, whatever anyways yeah totally <laughs> um you know i i think my favorite thing that i took away from those was was uh you know just conversations with friends that i never thought subjects like this would come up um in our in our daily lives and we had like multiple talks and like long discussions over it which was rad um just to kind of talk level head headedly with friends in my life that I cared for about it was really meaningful um and and even family members and stuff um that was I guess that was cool uh, you know from I guess just a positive um taking something positive away from you know like the the divide I guess you know um yeah in my own life uh, that was kind of cool Good. Glad to hear that. Uh, I think too, I'm glad the people who are commenting with blowback, I'm glad to make them um, uncomfortable too in their own space in a space that they've occupied. Like they need it. We all need it. Totally. Like, I think that's the, you know, like that's the way that's how we grow and like evolve as humans is being uncomfortable you know, if we're all just comfortable, yeah. then we're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, how narrow was your view of surfing when you were growing up? Um, in what sense? Like just, I grew up, so I grew up in Orange County. Yeah. White, you know, middle-class white kid in Orange County. Um, and riding pointy thrusters and that's all that I knew or cared about for the next 20 years. And so I started the podcast like 10 years ago and it totally opened my eyes because listeners wanted to hear, um, interviews from surfboard shapers who didn't shape pointy thrusters ultimately. Mm. And I was just like, what, what, what (laughs) in the world, why would you even care about that? And it really, the experience of essentially being guided by listeners opened my mind to what surfing, how broad surfing was mm-hmm. and kind of, it's taken a long time and years and years, but I've realized the pointy thruster thing is actually the smallest little category in surfing. The vast majority of surfers around the world are not riding that. And, um, and I'm just talking about the surfboards themselves, but when you start to look at the color of people's skin and their sexual orientation and all mm-hmm. of that, then it's even broader, you know? And I just had no awareness of any of it until literally the last 10 years, probably. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Well, I would say I was with you with the thruster mentality. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, growing up, that's all I really wanted. But um, I was fortunate to have uh, parents that surfed and um, uncles that surf. And so they would always try to open my mind um, as much as they could. I was pretty stubborn with, you know, and, and especially once I started kind of competing and stuff, I was like, I wanted nothing to do with with twin fins or um, long boards or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I think having influences like within my family um, and just Puerto Rico, um, you know, I grew up at, at Hobos Beach and it's a pretty, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like a melting pot of, of different styles of, of surfer um you know and and just different people and you know from all over the island and and the caribbean and just you know i guess yeah like down like puerto rico dominican republic you know all the way down to barbados there's just i feel like it's I always say it's a way to travel the world without um breaking your bank because there's so many different cultures down there so I was fortunate to grow up um you know with with all kinds of different ethnicities like in the water and um you know also just friends and and um even people you know different sexual orientations um so I, I was exposed to a lot of that which felt normal so when I guess when I started traveling and seeing you know not seeing that present in other places I was like what <laughs> especially as I got closer to doing like breaking wave stuff it was like wait okay shit this is actually like this is a problem and we do need to yeah. talk about it um so maybe that did help me in recognizing um reasons why to to sort of get involved and and do something because that was another thing like even personally it was like well where why like what gives me the right to be involved in these you know in these conversations and ultimately um because yeah i mean they, they're sketch i mean they're just like scary like conversations to have like and you know i guess just that voice in me like doubting myself i was like you know uh, like i shouldn't do this like and that was you know, a lot of what we talked about with Salema, it's like, hey, am I even the person to be talking about this with you? And then, you know, it was sort of like, yeah, you are like, because who else is doing it? <laughs> right. So, which is kind of, know, which sorry. is kind of what I meant when I was saying you're pioneering the conversation. I know you're right. There's been other people, other videos made of people addressing and people creating organizations that direct, directly address it. But you're a guy who has a platform with an audience who's taking on the conversation, you know, an already existing platform with the audience. And I felt the same way too, to like during black lives matter. Cause I had some of these conversations with Salema on air and I said to him, it's not my time to speak. I, I have a platform and an audience. So here's the microphone and it's yeah. your turn. You go ahead, tell us what's what, you know what I mean? And I yeah. think that you, I think you did a great job in both of those pieces in providing the listeners or the viewers a context 
and then getting out of the way and letting the experts speak, you know? Cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah we, a lot went into it and, you know, I, I also have to say, um, it's, it's not just me. Like David Malcolm is a genius and a brain when it comes to, um, but really everything in life, but yeah, especially <laughs> production. Um, yeah, I learned so much from Dave and that's what he's so fun to work with in that sense. And I always try to, you know, just go in, you know, just sponge up the, the time we get to spend together, whether it's, you know, on the trips or just talking around productions or, you know, even um, we uh, just going fishing. It's like, <laughs> he always has like, um, some really cool perspective and yeah, really knowledgeable, like advice on what to, to do, like, um, or how to do something. So yeah, like it's definitely, I think the voice that's in the episodes is, is a blend of, of my own and Dave's. So I can't take credit for all of that. Uh, his genius is evident through yeah. his art, through his art direction and direction yes. in general. Um, who is Dave Malcolm? David Malcolm is a videographer. Um, he uh, is the director of photography for Weird Waves and Breaking Waves. And I've known Dave for, let's see, I think like 12 or 13 years now. We met um, on a trip uh, he was working for Transworld at the time, and they were filming a movie called, I think it was Let's Surf Seriously. I think that was the first trip me and Dave did together. Um, he, they came down to Puerto Rico, and I hosted them at my house. And um, yeah, we ended up going on a few trips uh, after that um, for like the last um, like final section of the movie. We all went to Indo, so that was kind of like where our... Um, relationship began and since then we've just I've just loved working with him and going on trips with him like I just always appreciated his uh just effort that went into every trip and there wasn't like he was just taking it seriously <laughs> which is kind of hard to find really like in surfing because everyone's like yeah we're surfing like what's just surfing right and it is because yeah we're just on surf trips but you know like you're trying to make anything into a business or or make a living off anything you kind of have to take it serious you know um somewhat seriously because that's if that's what's bringing home the bacon then you gotta like you know be like okay yeah let's have fun but all right here's like we got to get this 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 and here's like here's the goal all right cool around that let's have a blast <laughs> right and he's always had that i feel like he taught me that mentality you know because before that I was just like yeah surfing like this is great <laughs> yeah um, like I'm just you know I feel like every surfer just is kind of like yeah I'm gonna do this until you know because it's a very short-lived uh career so you're just kind of like you know I'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts and I'll go get a job afterwards you know we'll figure it out but for now party and waves <laughs> yeah so does Dave um what does he do when he's not making weird waves episodes? Um, he goes, he, he does trips for, um, and works for, um, he's an independent contractor, but he's done trips for, um, or does work for like Vice and um, 
like National Geographic. I don't know, all kinds of crazy stuff. He's um, he's a wizard. Um, he could pretty much do whatever he wanted to. I feel I feel like. Good. I'm yeah. glad that he's staying busy. Realwatersports.com is our retail partner. We love these guys. They are a great partner, and we've gotten fantastic feedback from you, listeners, uh, who have been making board purchases amazingly. In the two weeks that we've promoted John Pizel's boards uh, on here and featured him as a podcast guest, uh, it looks like the number of Pizel's has reduced on their website by 34 so I can't take credit for all 34 of those sales, but I would like to think that we had a, something to do with it. The reality is that uh, most of those sales can be attributed to Real Water Sports customer service and their track record. Uh, they're just phenomenal, and they can ship boards to you anywhere in the world for just one f- low flat fee. So they're located in America and North Carolina, but it doesn't matter where you are in the world. They will ship you the surfboard and again for one low flat fee so that's pretty epic and it is guaranteed to show up blemish free and uh yeah check out their wide inventory 1500 surfboards plus all of the accessories and accoutrement that you would need for any surf sesh or kite sesh or by the way foiling sesh it's not just surfboards so check them out because they're a great partner of ours realwatersports.com When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. 
you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation, this is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So let's dig into what you kind of just brought up, which is transitioning your pro surf career. I feel like the term pro surfer is more nebulous now than it's ever been before. Mm-hmm. Um, at once it's kind of harder to make a living off surfing than ever before, but at the same time, you can really write your own ticket. And you're one example of somebody who has really deftly and successfully navigated the new landscape. Um, did you ever have aspirations to make a living off competitive surfing? And how have you navigated this? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, that's kind of, you know, being when you're younger and, you know, kind of like a junior, um, that's really the, the only kind of avenue unless you just get plucked and onto some crazy trip that just elevates you in that like free surf realm. But yeah, starting off, um, I was competing with all my friends. Like I grew up with Brian Toth, uh, his brother, Wesley, um, you know, Alejandro and Nico Moreda, the Bergen brothers. Um, and they're all really good surfers. My brother, um, you know, and we kind of had this like really competitive, uh, little, uh, thing going on between all of us. And, uh, yeah, that, that was like really fun. I think that's kind of what I miss most about competing is just competing against those guys. Cause that was like what started it all. And that was like, I don't know, just a cool way for us all to kind of help climb the ladder of, of like progression. Um, and so that's kind of what got me into competitive surfing, um, when I look back on it and then, yeah, that was kind of really the only path. So yeah, start, you know, starting off, um, competing like everyone else and, and meeting people, um, that was like the most effective way to kind of see if, if that, if this was something that could go, you know, further. And I guess, um, be an excuse for me to tell my mom that I wasn't going to go to college. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what she expected you to do? I don't know. I guess I've never really asked her. I felt like she expected me to go to college. Um, and yeah, I was like, I always felt like, you know, my driving force was, was, uh, if I can make enough money from surfing, like whether it's sponsors or competing to show her that I've already got like, you know, like my living, then I feel like that would be able, that would be like a big enough reason for me not to go to college. And, and I was able to do that. Um, so then after that, she was like, she kind of had some trust in me. She was like, okay, like you're, you kind of have your shit together enough to, you know, want to make a, a, like a career out of this. So like, go for it. Um, and I did. And so I, yeah, I started competing and I was, 
I was, I am a competitive person. Um, I think it just got to a stage where I felt pretty burnt out by the whole contest scene, even though like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's not like I was doing it for that long. It just never felt right. Like when I was doing it, I was kind of like, it felt like I was doing it for the right or the wrong reasons. You know, like once I started kind of getting further and further down that wormhole, I was like, gosh, I don't know why, but it's just, I'm not like inspired to do this. And I don't think if, even if I won every contest or qualified for the CT, that it would give me the, like, it, that it would be fulfilling for me. Um, and so I was kind of like, well, what are other ways to like, you know, I guess be a pro surfer, quote unquote, whatever that means. And I, you know, I, I liked a lot of the free surf guys and what they were doing. And I thought they were pushing the sport in a, in new ways, which kind of excited me. It was like, oh, that was always something that, you know, uh, I guess meant more to me than just like winning in contests. It was like, well, if I'm able to find a new path and navigate a, a different career, then I'm opening a path for other generations to kind of follow me down that road and, you know, maybe do something, their own version of whatever that is, you know, but um, so that kind of, you know, once I, that thought kind of came to me and, and that ended up being like, you know, a, a driving force, um, you know, I met Scott Sissimus at Vans and they were just about to launch the Vans clothing program. And so, yeah, um, the Godowskis brothers who are longtime friends who I met competing and we traveled together, they introduced me to him and it just felt like, you know, the conversations I had with him and what he was trying to do at Vans, um, you know, with the surf program, I was like, wow, I think this is it. And it was, you know, I was writing for Quicksilver before that um, and, you know, Vans was an established brand, um, obviously then, but it wasn't what it is now where it was like a sure thing. It was like, oh, well, you know, companies try to, you know, have clothing programs all the time and buckle and I could just be left, you know, whatever, wherever that leaves me. And so I was like, well, it's, it's what I want. This is like the path that I would like to go down. And so I just kind of went for it and, um, yeah, it took a few years. It actually took eight years to get uh, Weird Waves like off the ground and like out into the world. But um, ultimately, that's what came from it. And yeah, Weird Waves and Breaking Waves. And I mean, there was a bunch of random just surf edits in the mix of that um, to sort of sustain to get there. But that's essentially a short story long. <laughs> so uh, when did you when did you sign with Vans? I signed it was 2009 I think. Okay. So well over a decade now. Yeah. Um yeah. They deserve a shout out for sure. I mean, how great is Vans for the surf industry? It's been insane. I mean, just what they're doing for the sport I, I don't think people realize like the, you know, kind of what I was talking about before, just kind of creating more um, space and different avenues for people to have careers. I think they're, you know, from the triple crown to now the duct tapes, um, you know, it's like they've, they've really kind of started creating more space in different ways to 
think about surfing and also have a career in surfing. So props to them for sure for that. I complete, I completely agree. And also getting behind their athletes, um, in a very low, what feels like a loyal way, mm-hmm. you know, um, like being with you for all that time while you're transitioning. And I feel like other guys on, or guys and girls on the team as well, they back them through transitions in their career, you know, and let their careers evolve. So it feels, it feels like a more natural or organic and loyal relationship and partnership. So that's another thing too, just, um, I guess, longevity of people's careers. Like, you know, you look at Nathan Fletcher and, and Joel Tudor and what they've each done for the sport. Um, you know, wouldn't have been possible if they didn't back guys like that and get behind them, you know, especially at times like, you know, when they weren't necessarily like the hottest, like they've always been relevant in surfing, but it wasn't like they were like the, you know, the guys or anything. And that's um, another just really cool thing I think they've done over the years is kind of, um, I guess, showed value in uh, like, I guess, or I guess it's loyalty or like, I don't know what it is. There's like some X factor shit going on (laughs) with like how they've, you know, kind of just made their, this manifested their success and success in their people. Like, you know, I feel like I haven't always been the most confident person, but Vans did kind of instill that confidence in me, you know, with, with, kind of pursuing my goals and um I was very fortunate to have like their support and stuff um to be able to get to where I'm at and have the opportunity that I've had with weird waves and and yeah now breaking waves and stuff so um thanks fans yeah so <laughs> what do they what do they expect of you cuz um, the relation the surfer sponsor relationship in the past is very tr- clear what the expectation was and now it's again much more nebulous so what do they yeah yeah well now i've sort of taken on a producer role with weird waves you know i'm kind of responsible for um yeah making that production happen and from you know planning the trips to you know we have to they require us to get everyone to sign like a release form so after like these interviews i'm getting people to sign release forms and i'm yeah, like definitely wearing all kinds of hats. And I think that's just, um, I don't know, like par for the course. I feel like you just have to like, kind of get out there and get it, you know, (laughs) grab the bull by the horn, so to speak to make, you know, if it's in the name of your dreams and, and that like, uh, I don't know, greater good or or that meaning for you in your life, then I guess you just gotta like, just gotta get it. (laughs) <laughs> you got to wear all the different hats and be yeah. the guy doing it. Yeah. So, so what do they expect from you though, as you know, a team writer and an athlete team, writer? Is, it a cert- is it, is a certain number of videos that you have to put out every year? Certain, do you have an obligation? Well, now my obligation has mainly been around weird waves and that's producing the four episodes. Um, gotcha. It's not in my contract or anything, but that's kind of what, you know, we've agreed, I guess, what my salary is based off of and what, I guess, the value that that brings fans 
I guess. I don't know. I've actually never really broke it down, you know, to, I'm just assuming that's what, you know, the, what my salary is based off of, because that's pretty much like what I'm doing, like the majority of what my years are going into. Um, and I do like, I go on other trips for them, whether it's like, you know, product shoots or, you know, if there's another team project going on or say triple crown stuff or, um, you know, they're, and now they're involved with stab high stuff. I did some stuff with them last year. So it's just kind of, it's, it's, a, it's loose. There's nothing like in my contract that says go do this, but you know, there's just certain things that I guess, um, you know, and that I'm on the team for where they're like, okay, yeah, Dylan, we want Dylan on this or, you know, um, this guy on that. And, and that way they can kind of Rubik's cube, whatever event or scenario they're having so that they feel like they're represented in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now that weird waves is so well established, are there expectations? Are they tracking the metrics of yeah. the videos? Yeah. Because, Okay. They are <laughs> <laughs> because I look at the, so I look at the breaking wave stuff and I'm like, this is awesome. It's groundbreaking. It has more gravity, has more weight. Congratulations. Pat on the back. But then I look mm -hmm. at the metrics and I'm like, yeah. well, these, these have 40,000 views. Whereas the weird wave stuff has a quarter of a million views. So yeah. I mean, the heart says, go ahead and do more meaningful things yeah. ignore, ignore what the views say, but the sponsor might be saying, no, make more weird waves that gets the views. Yeah. Well, I think they are looking at that stuff. Um, but that's another rad thing about bands is they also understand the, I guess, you know, and they think about meaningful views also, like what is more meaningful, what's going to have like a lasting impression on that viewer that, you know, maybe is more impactful than say, yeah, say you're getting like 400,000 views, but, you know, half of them clicked off like, you know, a minute in, but if they gave you the tick. It's like, well, what's, you know, yeah. what's what, how do you value? Um, and that's another hard thing. That's, you know, when you're looking at those kinds of things, it's like, yeah, you're looking at the numbers and that's been a huge thing with, uh, you know, in our, in our sport and in any industry, you're just trying to get eyeballs and, you know, but, um, yeah, I guess they're, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about those meaningful eyeballs and, and it's just speculation, but at the same time, um, I have had just straight up like, you know, paragraph comments on both my Instagram and YouTube of people, you know, after watching breaking waves that were like, wow, this was, you know, I can't, thank you enough for making this, you know, this piece, blah, blah, blah. And they go on and on. It's like, how often do you get that much of someone who cares in like a comment? And that's kind of, I feel like, you know, what we're, what we're after. Um, you know, I, they see the value in it. I see the value in it. And like I said before, I think following, you know, things that um, have meaning to both yourself and a company like that's going to come through, I, you know, um, on some level. So yeah, it might not be for everybody, but you know, at least you're kind of connecting with people in a unique way. Another thing that's super important to keep in mind for people running brands and making decisions 
is that the 40,000 views on breaking waves could be that might represent a brand new audience. Yeah. And, and so what blows my mind about the racism that's existed in surfing or just the homogeneity that's existed in surfing in general is it's not good for the bottom line. Like if you're only representing, you know, white, relatively young white dudes on thrusters that only appeals to a certain uh, demographic of viewership. And like I stated in my experience, I realized the surfing world is much broader. And so if you have different genders, different uh, skin colored people in your magazines, in your advertising, wearing your products on your website, whatever it is, you start to open up who your consumer base is. And so, you know, if you're just generating the same surf vlog content over and over, it caters to the exact same community that's always existed in surfing. By yeah. what you're doing with breaking waves, again, I think it's a brand new audience that was never accessed before. And mm. again, could be the broadest audience of all. As soon as you cultivate it and cater to it, you know, it's being inclusive having uh, different ethnicities on your board of directors, all of that thing is actually good for the bottom line. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause well, it's, you know, having, it's the, it's pushing, you know, it, it, like I think having all sort of minds that are on the, you know, yeah. Board of directors or in any room kind of looking in the same lane, like, you're going to stay in that lane if you exactly have, you know other if you open other lanes and then and then you know that kind of and different perspectives like i think you know everyone needs that every industry needs more perspective like you can't have enough perspective um so yeah anything that that sort of helps get anybody out of their comfort zone like hell yeah like we need that <laughs> yeah totally um in regards to the production company and you wearing the producer hat and working with Dave, yeah. any, are there any feature films in the works or being conceived of? Cause I know Dave's done that in the past. Yeah. Um, well, there's definitely some ideas. Like we, we have, there's no shortage of our ideas between right. um, me and Dave. <laughs> Anyone who, who uh, there's, any uh tv execs out there listening hit us up would love to talk to you um <laughs> yeah there's tons of ideas nothing concrete like nothing we're doing um you know or actively trying to do ourselves but we we kind of have i would say like a handful of stuff that we're pretty excited about in the future but i guess for now we're just we kind of have our hands full with uh you know everything with with uh weird waves and and um breaking waves like that doing weird waves and breaking waves in the same year was a lot. Um, and it's kind of pushed, uh, you know, production back for, for weird waves. Cause now we're kind of like, you know, it's just me and Dave doing, doing all this. And we made, you know, there, that was six episodes, um, that were conceptualizing, shooting, um, editing, making the music for, uh, and <laughs> yeah, like just, a t it's just a lot of work, but we enjoy the process of it and kind of taking our time with it. So I feel like, I don't know, people, um, 
I do get hit up a lot on my Instagrams and stuff with people wanting us to do more and release more of weird waves, but, um, and it's not that I don't want to do that, but I wouldn't want to just put more meaningless stuff out there, you know? And I also wouldn't want the process of it to be meaningless for either me or Dave, because then what's the point, you know? And I feel like that comes through in the piece when, when it means something to you, like the person who's making it, um, that definitely like comes through and you can, tell like I you know I watch videos all the time and I you know love seeing you know new ideas and and stuff in surf but there are a lot of edits where you're just kind of like did that person even care about what they just put out like (laughs) no did it did that mean anything to them and you feel that you're like yeah like that that gave me nothing right there like (laughs) totally that's unfortunate because that person's missing out on like a really cool experience um of you know just the the process like I think that's what I'm more interested in like I you know even if it is just you know your standard surf edit I I want to try to push myself to do something slightly differently um or do something new or I don't know try to learn something new in premiere after effects or whatever um, cause that's the point of all this. Yeah. Or to me, it is <laughs> good. Well, it shows, it shows in the work. I think the thing that you're talking about, did that person even care? That's a whole different style of vlogging, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, just rush through production, rush to publish, get two videos out a week, all that. And, um, that has an audience too. And there's a certain, yeah. I don't know, charm well, to that, I suppose, but it's a different thing entirely. Yeah. I mean, there are like, there's, there's vlogs that care though, too. Like I would say, you know, Ben Gravy's vlog, he cares like you and you feel that like (laughs) in his stuff. And yeah, it is that style of, of doing thing of, of doing that. Um, and, and that's rad. And, and then there's other ways of doing it. And I think that's, I guess what I would like to see more of with, um, upcoming generations is just, finding your own finding a new lane like keep like that's you know progression yeah and and, well progression is also you know yeah it happens on a surfboard and you can do a new trick and or catch the biggest wave or get the longest barrel but there's also other ways to get um to progress our sport that are not being thought about totally um will you run out of weird waves to feature and to surf (laughs) It, the list keeps growing as we're doing them. So does it? Yeah, at this stage, no. Like okay, I would cool. say, we could we could be doing doing weird ways for the next like 10, 15 years. If wow, as long as Mans is uh, you know helping us out. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Yeah. What surf media are you following nowadays? um and or vlogs and that sort of stuff i really like uh i like what nathan florence is doing i think he's like kind of created a a cool lane for himself and it's cool to just see someone being themselves like he's just a a goofy dude but and then also like super gnarly dude like big wave stuff and all his like pov stuff that he's doing is kind of kind of mind-blowing um I would say. And then, um, 
yeah, I, I really like uh, chapter 11 and everything uh, Dane's doing and all those, the, the Ventura boys, that's cool. You know, like just doing something with your friends. Um, you know, he always, I feel like evokes emotion, even though it's all like surf, you know, it's just, it's surf porn, but I feel like he's always bringing that X factor, something different somehow um, where you're kind of like, he keeps you excited to watch. Um, obviously his surfing's incredible and same with all that, like the Ventura boys, but um, yeah, I think there's, there's that deeper level of like thought that goes into it. And you feel that with, with, uh, with his edits and um, I watch it all. Like, I mean, I, I watched like WSL heats too. And, um, you know, follow along. I was just actually a friend of mine, um, Havana Cabrero. She's over here competing in the, um, the snapper event. I went down and watched her heat. Um, she's an amazing talent coming out of Puerto Rico. And I was super proud to see her qualify for that. And, you know, like, even though I'm not like competing, I still, I have respect for competitors and what they're, they're trying to do. And, I think, you know, if Havana like qualifies, that's huge, you know, like she'd be the first Puerto Rican ever to qualify. So, um, yeah, good luck to her. And um, how, how'd she do in the event? She ended up going, she, she didn't make it past her first heat, um, but it was her first, uh, like prime. And so, yeah, she's got a lot to learn and a lot to, uh, you know, in, improve on, but she's on her journey and it's rad. She's fired up. She's got her dad. Carlos Cabrero, who was like my hero, oh, yeah. uh, growing up. Um, so she's, you know, she's surfing royalty from Puerto Rico and, uh, yeah, she's heading down to Manly today to compete down there. So good luck. How old is she? <laughs> she's, I think she's 21. Okay. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. All right. I'll keep my eyes out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. You were saying earlier, like, about doing the free surf thing and being able to create a lane or a path or something for young kids to aspire to. I felt like there's been periods of time where the best surfing in the world wasn't necessarily happening on the WSL or the CT mm -hmm. level, just because the judging format maybe didn't allow, you know, Dane wants to do a crazy blow tail at Hollyva or whatever the turn mm -hmm. was at the time. Yeah. And and then it doesn't get the score or, you know, uh, Josh Kerr's club sandwich at snapper way back in the day and it doesn't yeah. get scored. And so, yeah, you see a certain regressive format on the world tour. And mm -hmm. then that created a lane for free surfers to go out and do gnarlier airs and gnarlier tricks than we were seeing on the world tour. But there has been the last couple of years, the world tour does the gnarliest airs of the year often are happening at, on that venue, you know, on that, um, on that tour now. So it's kind of rad and it gives me much more reason to watch, you know? Yeah, I would agree. I think they've kind of adjusted and it's good to see, um, you know, uh, them do that, but yeah, I guess, you know, they're, they do put a box on surfing, you know, which is, really hard to I would say like that you know for for myself surfing is something that's always never like there's not like a court with lines on it right you know and like 
So, and that's what I loved about it. So always competing to me just felt like such a small view of what the sport was. And yes, it's like, I get what they're doing there and they have a great platform and I, you know, and they're helping people have careers and I love, love that. Um, but there's still the fact remains that they're trying to put a court over the ocean, which like on a, you know, personal level, I just don't agree with. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's not what, you know, I want my experience to be in the ocean. Um, but yes, I, you know, hats off to all those guys and what they do and, you know, and inside of whatever 30 minutes, what, what they can do in a heat now is just mind blowing. Um, and yeah, I definitely have enjoyed watching, uh, more recently the, the competitive yeah it's like when they're running heats at pipe this year that makes perfect sense the competitive thing makes perfect sense because yeah. the court that you're talking about is the same court that they'd be doing in a free surf session out there as well there's really one yeah. thing you want to do out there is get shacked on a eight footer or ten footer or whatever right. but it's a lot the competitive thing is a lot less applicable or hard to understand at lowers or rippable beach breaks or anything like that you know or even long point breaks i suppose i would say beach breaks are like the most random because you're just like yeah or just the the well they are the lamest court you know because totally it's, it's too random like for you know really um anyone could could win at a beach break which is also exciting if you look at it like that i mean it depends on how you're you're looking at it um but it does level the playing field where i feel like really good waves really highlight the really good surfers because you have to like put in your time like you know we watch john john and pipe or john just john john and good waves in general he's just level he's that much beyond everybody else and it's so noticeable when it's really good because he knows exactly what to do where most people um i guess don't necessarily have that gear <laughs> right which is what's that's really what you want to see and that's what progresses the sport is yeah. the fine tuning of the best in the world in the best waves that nobody else can ride you know that's yeah. what you want to see exactly so. yeah i mean you just you want to see every. you want to see any surfer, any surfer you're watching, you want to see them do, uh, like push themselves to the maximum exactly. level. I think totally. that's, you know, that's definitely the, that's the goal, you know, and that's totally. what I feel like skating does a good job of, of that. You know, even if your level is this, it's just as fun to watch someone like go to there as it is for this person over here to go to there it's like well that guy did that um i feel like surfing could use a little bit more of that just highlighting that hey any progression is rad on any level totally how old are you i'm 36 okay or do you yeah. have to manage do you have to manage your diet and exercise more now than ever and what does that look like for you um yeah definitely i mean i feel like injuries take longer to heal <laughs> Um, yeah, I have to like, you know, before I've always done some form of like, you know, training or preparation. Um, you know, I've always liked uh, surfing bigger waves and pushing myself and feeling comfortable in bigger conditions. And I, so I feel like there's always been a level of that where I feel like I have to, you know, 
like you don't want to be out there on a good day and not feel like you can push yourself so I've always had some form of of training I guess um but it's definitely gotten uh more you know now I've focused and made it more of a priority because I'm you know if I don't I swear if like I don't know I don't like stretch like in the morning or you know at the end of the day or whatever it's like my freaking back locks up or something (laughs) dude this is hectic uh just feel like i'm calcifying (laughs) it's only gonna get worse now i'm like exactly it's like shit (laughs) so do you have a specific regime do you have a specific training regime or uh Um, yoga or yeah i do a lot of yoga and pilates i feel like pilates is like the best thing um, really for, for surfing yeah um it's yeah it's, i think it's it's crazy i just feel so good i feel like i can surf m- like definitely better than i've ever surfed before because of like wow. pilates yeah um i gotta get on that yeah you, sh- you should <laughs> <laughs> what about diet is there anything that you cut out or don't do no i'm pretty i, I think that's the next thing but Man, I, yeah, I'm a pretty, I like junk food and <laughs> all of that, which um, is definitely a bad habit, but, uh, you know, it's got to save some things for like, whatever, I guess just, you know, that's something I've been putting off to progress. And I, you know, I guess maybe that's next. Who knows? Gotcha. We'll see. Um final question for everybody is just what was the last surfboard that you rode or what what are you riding right now um I was riding uh white noise but hayden shapes um break it down what is it it's just a standard like stock standard thruster shortboard um the waves were really good here in oz and um yeah that's just i feel like once when the waves are good like and have push and have shape you really can't beat a thruster with where you just, you know, it's effectiveness of where, you know, you can get to on a wave and you know how quickly. Um, but you know, yeah, that being said, I was riding uh twin fin like a couple of days before when it was kind of crappier and not as fun. And I think that's kind of what I'm, I'm learning to really enjoy certain boards and certain conditions. And, you know, I guess thinking about what, board i would allow me to do like the best or just what i feel like sort doing on that whatever whatever given day well yeah thanks for adjusting the schedule to make this happen and uh taking so much time too yeah no worries yeah uh, it was good chatting with you yeah you too good to connect finally yeah <laughs> all right man Indeed. thanks so much i'll be looking forward for uh the next videos to drop too cool yeah um Hopefully, hopefully soon. I'm waiting to hear uh, when season four is going to release. Um, it's already shot and done, so we're just waiting for fans to release it. Epic! Can't wait. Yep. Right on. Thanks, Dylan. All right. Thanks, David. All right. Later. Awesome. Later. Hoping you were sitting, thinking of me 
Thank you, Dylan Graves. Um, I have linked, of course, to all of his information on Surf Splendor Podcast. So his Instagram is at Dylan Graves. And then I've embedded the Breaking Waves videos, of which there's two from last year, and then a number of his Weird Waves videos from the last couple of seasons. Uh, those are wildly entertaining. So uh, I think I've seen all of them from all three seasons. And they were nominated for a Webby Award this past year. I think it was a like an honorable mention category or something like that, but they were nominated for season three of Weird Waves. So huge congratulations. He and David Malcolm, of course, are doing fantastic work. So bravo to you guys, and I hope to see tons more of it. Uh, thanks, guys, for that. It's really, really epic. So find it all on surfsplendorpodcast.com. Oh, our winner. We're giving away a free scrubber, Channel Island's free scrubber that we were promoting all through the month of May. We actually pulled a winner out of the hat uh, this morning, and Brian Huang is the gentleman's name. So congratulations to Brian Huang. Uh, he has been, I clicked through his profile because um, he's, of course, a paid subscriber supporter of our work and it looks like he's been supporting us for the last two years so that's epic thank you so much for that brian the continued support and um, if you'd like to support our work it goes a long way to uh, maintaining this production and we do these surfboard giveaways and this month we are going to be promoting an album free wing so jack freestone's new model with album that they just released a couple of weeks ago we're going to give away one of those. It's a pretty epic little modified shortboard. So it's high performance, but user friendly, I would say. And we'll get Matt Parker on to explain all the design details. But if you want to win that board, uh, you can get entered anytime in the month of June. Before the final minute of the final day of June, we will pick the winner on July 1st. You could set up your support on surfsplendorpodcast.com. It's only $5 a month. And it, again, like I said, is a building block of our business. So thank you for doing that. Thank you, Dylan Graves. And thank you to all of our sponsors, of course, Florence Marine X, Slowtide.co, Real Water Sports, and of course, LinkedIn.com slash surf. And thank you to all of you listeners whom without this would not be possible. Uh, we've got new episodes going out of Spit and the Grit this week. Bumped back a day just due to Memorial Day holiday on Monday. And then we'll be back here on Surf Splendor next week. So thank you for listening. My name is David Scales. And until next week, of course, I'm encouraging you to get back into the ocean, share some waves, and of course, shred on. Wishing on a memory Hoping